They're going to find it out. They're going to find out regardless. Yo, how much, right? They're yeah, gonna well, they're going to think, they're going to think, well, Ru- why is Ruben charging a dollar when I could go get it for 50 cents? So now you just devalue the artist. Yeah. Right? And then you devalue the artist by not doing the research and helping the artist have proper branding. Mm. Right? Mm. Because, again, that artist, she's selling t-shirts. Her logo looks pretty. Every time I see it, I get to smile and say, hey, I designed it. I did that. Okay. (laughs) Even though I'm not getting the credit for it and... Hey, big shout out but to Ruben Martinez. But it's still what the Whatever. goal is. It's still what the goal I, I is. The goal exactly. is, yes. And, and, so, and so the goal is to take an artist and grow. I still never gave this dude a mic. Here we go. He's killing it. Watch out. He's showing love and he's mad about it. Mad love. That's why we say. Come on, man. You already know. Mad love. Big shout out to everybody listening in, tuned in to QSJRadio.com. Today, I have a special guest. His name is Ruben Martinez, CEO of Nene Music. Um, it's an artist management company, and it does a lot more than that. I am your host, Traffic, a.k.a. Dave Hernandez, whatever you guys want to call me. Today's guest is super special, especially because of you guys. You unsigned artists need to hear what really goes on in the business. Now, let me tell you, he's not here to tell you everything. He's here to tell you about what's going on with him, his team, and it's definitely his new uh, his, his, his radio network that he got going on. But we do and we will have some information. Hopefully, he wants to answer the, the information um, of what it is to be uh, a new artist in the industry. But first, before we get him on here, okay, uh, Nana Music is an artist management con- uh, consultancy. Uh, my lisp is, is getting to me. Basically, the consult, uh, consult firm that provides services for recording artists, production companies, celebrities, record labels, and sports entertainers. Uh, they provide consulting and overall campaign management for startup ventures, product release, and ongoing oversight of day-to-day operations. This can also be inclusive to artist development, record production, songwriting, artist management, label structure, independent marketing, and promotional services, radio promotion, street promotion, video production, publicity, digital distribution, etc., They've developed marketing plans uh, for artists, release schedules, and set up strategies, including pre-setup, work to influence trade uh, publications, radio stations, media outlets, social media campaigns, and fan club databases. Now, a little history, because I know he probably gets this question like, tell a little bit about yourself, right? Well, guess what? We're going to tell you a little bit about him, okay? Because... I'm super proud to have this dude on here. His name, again, Ruben Martinez. He started off as a mobile DJ. All right, that's in high school. I think he went to high school in the Bronx. I think he went to high school in the Bronx. Okay, shout out to the BX, right? He produced his first national record in 1989, which is still today being used as a dance floor anthem. Okay, so this is some legendary um, thing right here. Okay. That same year, he met his musical father, 
the late Bobby Davis. We're going to talk about that later on because I know that's very, very significant to him. It allowed him to use it. Bobby allowed him to use his record studio and gave him his first shot. Um, Also, as a former writer, producer, and remixer, he has been blessed to work with artists such as Brandy, right? The R&B singer Brandy, Diana Ross, MC Light, Two in the Room, La Bouche. Like, these are names that some of y'all are probably like (laughs) Spotify in them right now, uh, to name a few. Um, from 1995 to 2000, he worked for two agencies at the same time, which was Pyramid Entertainment Group and Artists and Audience. Man, let me tell you something. Big shout out to everybody listening. Ruben, how you doing, yeah. man? Yeah. Yeah. Shout- <laughs> Yo, shout out to Ruben. <laughs> Yo. So I hear that um, during that time, that they basically opened up their roster to you, right? Yeah. So yeah. they basically gave you the access to to things, right? And it, yeah, it, which absolutely. is which is super amazing. Um, yeah. The core of Nene music, right? The core mm-hmm. is to um, correct me if I'm wrong, but when when talents are being misled. Uh-huh. And, and then you could tell, you could tell, or something, or you could figure that out, or maybe they're not getting what they're really worth, or, yeah. or people are taking deals away from them, or I don't know what misled really means in the industry. So pardon me with that, but mm-hmm. you take them and give them a lot of worth, a lot of guidance, uh, and all that stuff. And what started as management ended up being a list of stuff from yeah. studios to cameras to record labels even sign-ins and 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 all this crazy fan clubs i I even forgot Mm -hmm. fan clubs used to exist (laughs) shout out to the t-shirts but um what what was it something that you saw while you were around that kind of management pyramid and 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 artists and audience that made you fall back and say there's got to be a different way yeah i mean for the most part there's different managers and they all have different styles. But one of the key things for me was loyalty. Okay. And so uh, for an example, a guy like Sal Michaels, who I remember and I, and I saw it with my own eyes. Sal bought KC from KC and the Sunshine Band, a $25,000 Rolex. Just as a gift. Okay. 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 Boy, his manager, the same thing. Only to have an act like that leave him about six to to a year later. You know, and so for me, although he probably books him from time to time today, that's not loyalty. You know, and so I'm looking at things like that, and and those are the things where. If I get a call from from an artist, or I got a call from an artist, you know, back in those days, and I'm looking at their promotion strategy, and I'm looking at the numbers, and I'm checking to see, wait a minute, wait a minute, this this is wrong, you know, why are you gonna go and spend uh, a money on a full page ad in a trade magazine that your fans are not gonna read, Ooh. you know, where you could take that money and instead 
turning into merchandise that you could give away. You know, if you if you did a full page ad in Billboard as an example, and let's and let's say back then a full page ad cost, you know, in the nineties, let's say a full page ad cost five thousand okay. dollars, right? So now all you're doing is patting yourself on your back because you see your name, you know, uh, you know, in, in in Billboard, right? Oh wow, you know, here I am in Billboard, right? But you're seeing it, the girl next door doesn't read billboard. Mm -hmm. The guy down the street doesn't read billboard because they're not in the music industry. So all you did was pat yourself in the back. Yeah. So mm -hmm. so people like that, I would say, hey, wait a minute. Well, I'm instead writing this down. Your, <laughs> I'm writing you know, down. instead of you spending $5,000 on, on that ad that only your peers from the music industry are going to read, why don't you go and take a thousand of that money, make yourself a nice logo, trademark it, Right now, go get yourself a bunch of uh, tank top white beaters, and all the girls you see on the street, whether they're small, medium, large, or XL, give them things away. Because what's going to happen now? Now, I'm walking down the street, or Dave's walking down the street, or John Doe's walking down the street, and we're men. What's going to happen? We're gonna look at the girl. Yeah. We're gonna make eye contact with the face first. First, first. But, but first, <laughs> but as men, we're gonna look down. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. look at the chest. Right? Yeah. So now if we have, you know, artists blah they play on the chest, there's means to start a conversation. Like, who's that? You know, oh, this is a new artist from blah 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 blah. Yeah, word and of so, mouth. Word of mouth. Right. And so and so those are the things when I say where where some artists may have been misled or mismanaged. Okay. You know, where where maybe that manager had three acts and whatever expenditures he had for his big act, he probably funneled it down to the middle and, and the lesser act. You know? I've gotten calls from from producers, DJs and recording artists that, you know, asking me, Hey, when you go out to dinner, do you charge your artists for that? No, unless he or she was with me and I paid for the tab, then I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll put it in. And this is management, know? right? This is, yeah, this like, is management. Okay. I'm just saying in general, like I've gotten calls from people in the past. That that wait, which, which are, which are the talent, the talent. Okay. And, and I'm not the manager. I'm just, You're an just agent, a friend. Whatever this is a connect, right? Right. Somebody they know. right. Yeah. And they're asking me, Hey, I don't want to mention my manager's name, but I'm asking you as a manager. Okay. <laughs> you go out to dinner. Do you charge your artists? Even though it's in my contract, no. Oh, why? Oh, no, because so-and-so charged me for a dinner he had last week. It was $300. But not only did he charge me the $300, he also charged you know, Billy, $300, and he also charged Susie $300, and he also charged, you know what I mean? And it trickled down where the manager charged eight acts that he had on his roster $300. Oh, my God. You know, I've been through situations where I've gotten calls and that, where, and that's light, and that's light work right there. That's, and, and that's light. Wow. I've gotten calls from people that told me, hey, uh, John Doe 
got me for 60000 What do you mean? Oh, yeah, he told me that he will work uh, radio and he will work this and he will do remixes, blah, blah, blah. Right? Yeah. And then at the end of the day, he didn't deliver. You know, all he delivered was, you know, a, a receipt saying, hey, this guy calls this, you know, this much, you know, a remix so that, excuse me, probably deserved to get $2,000, was now getting eight or 10. What? You know what I mean? Uh, the dinners that he had with, you know, so-and-so, you know, at whatever supposed label. So those are the things. So those are like the, the, the shystiness and, and the tricks, you know. You know what's going on? Ruben, I'm not I'm not cutting them off, but I'm trying to figure out like how accessible were you that some people were able to just call you like that? Because very accessible, even even today, where you know I got your number now, so I'm a (laughs) no, no, you can't. I'm misleading myself, like yo, what? I mean, my point is that whoever calls me, they have to be serious. Yes, and this is a business for me. This is what I eat from. This is what my family eats from. And so I'm sitting behind this desk Monday to Friday if I'm not on the road. And I'm sitting behind a desk. I'm sitting behind a desktop computer. I'm sitting behind a landline. You know what I mean? Where it's a business. And so whoever wants to call me, they could call me. And I will take the time and I will speak to them. But at the end of the day, they have to be serious. And they have to treat themselves and their career as a business, you know? And so just last week, I got a call from somebody. Hey, my cousin's son uh, over in Arizona, blah, blah, blah. Do you have time? Sure. The, 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 the mother of the artist called me. We spoke for a little bit. Yeah. Sent me mm-hmm. some links. I checked out the links. I called her back with feedback. And I explained to her, this is what you need to do. From A, B, C, D, you know, and you don't have to hire me. You can hire anybody you want, but these are the mistakes that I see, you know, and so you take it with a grain of salt or you listen to me because I got these and they don't give these for free. So if you You guys don't know what he's talking about, he's talking about 40 plus Album, what, platinum albums in the back? We got gold, we got platinum, you know. So, (laughs) yo, I got a track. Let me stop, let me stop. (laughs) If you you think about it, if a record goes gold, the record company has now give plaques to radio stations around the nation, to the artist, to their manager, to the agent. And when you calculate that one of these costs 150, 200 bucks each. And now you got to make 500 of these. It's a big expense. So, yeah, I'm accessible. You know, anybody that wants to call me, they want to email me, they, they can. But, you know, I don't you want people be to serious. waste my time. You got to be serious. Yeah. And, and I'm a, yeah. I'm a, let, me, let me give a few names out here. Um, you know, let's start with the, the musicians. And I just want people to understand, like, we have popular people like Cascada, Activia, uh, Rob Bass, uh, Jocelyn Enriquez, and then we got like TV reality uh, film people, which is Dennis Rodman, uh, Hulk Hogan, 
Hulk Hogan, people. I said Hulk Hogan. <laughs> okay. Uh, Michael Buffer, which is the let's get ready to rumble guy. Let's get yep. freaking serious. He gets paid mad bread to say that, doesn't he? And we just finished doing, I'm sorry to cut you off, but with Hulk, I represent his son Nick. So Nick's doing DJing. And then with Michael, uh, before COVID, Michael did the voiceover for Kiss's Farewell uh, tour. Wow. So when you heard the commercials on the radio, Michael uh, Live Nation came to me to hire Michael to do the voiceover, you know, for the Kiss concert. And that was requested by Kiss. They wanted Michael. Wow, they wanted yeah. wow. On those spots, yep. That is bananas. And so many, so many other people here, man. Two in a room, Robin S, uh, Sin with Sebastian. These are like a lot of so many diverse people. What's going on right now that you guys got going on over there at Nana Music? Well, right now we're trying to catch up from COVID. Because a lot of the shows that we have booked in 2019 got booked to got moved to to, to, to uh, 2020. They got moved again to 2021. The ones that didn't play, I just moved the date this month for the Mad Stuntman. The Mad Stuntman was supposed to play um, um, Ireland in October, um, and it got moved to October next Ireland? year. You said Ireland, yeah. Ireland. Yeah. Okay. International. What? Yeah. Yeah. We're doing we're doing dates all over the world. Bro, I mean, can we, I go somewhere with you? Let me sit. Let me shut up. Let me shut up. Let me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so we're catching up. Yeah. There's a lot of dates that got moved. Um. There's dates that are, that are playing now. You know, every country's different. I got a call from a promoter in Romania, wanting to book the match stunt man, and you know, just as we were ready to book it, he called me and said, "Hey, we can't do it anymore. What's that?" Well, we got taken back from 2,000 people at a club to now 50. 50 people? So, oh, because they're they're, they're because of and shit, yeah. Because of COVID. So now, how can we fly in the mass summit from, you know, from Florida and recoup with 50 people? It's impossible. So we have to wait. And so that's that's what's happening. So, you know, on the booking side, that's what hap- that's happening. On the production side, okay, um, two months ago, we put out a record called Test Drive from Hulk Hogan's son, Nick Hogan, and Don Criminals. So that's a dance record, an EDM record that did very well for us. And then we just put out another record from a gentleman named DJ Rooster from Upper Manhattan. He's an old buddy of mine, you know, and that record is also doing well. So, you know, we're always looking for new material uh, to put out. And uh, I have a artist named Rachel Pearl, who's a singer-songwriter, who I'm working with. I'm one of the co-managers of the Mad Stuntman. I represent LaBouche on the management side. Another artist named Veronica Jackson, whose husband is Christopher Jackson, who was in Hamilton. He's on the CBS show Bull. Yep. He's on all of the Lynn Miranda movies, you know. So we, we work with a lot of different artists who happen to live in different parts of the world. Very. Okay. They're all over the so, place. Yeah. Wow. So, so you know, we're, we're, we're doing the best we can in these turbulent times with, with the whole pandemic. Ruben Martinez in the building right quick. If you guys didn't know, Nene Music uh, started it off in high school as a mobile DJ. 
Uh, ne- next thing you know, he snuck in the music industry. Let's really get serious <laughs> with that. Um, by an old friend. And then, you know, became a manager and then decided to go ahead and do it himself. And now this roster is beyond the um, amount of people that I can ever uh, understand. My thing is sometimes, and, and, and you could probably understand this part, is sometimes these artists are already developed. In the, in in the eyes of the fan, in the eyes of the fan, and you you as someone that's internal already know that there's flaws in there. There's 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 money. There's probably calendars. Uh, they're they're not using their time right. One of the biggest things where you said where an artist will spend a lot of money just to try to get on the same magazine as somebody else is in the front, and you don't even know if they're even going to read it. Um, and I see that in the in the underground world where people are just mm-hmm. hopping on, you know, a, a, a page, but they don't mm-hmm. understand that you're just paying the magazine, you know, to print your stuff, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not trying to knock magazine people, and I stuff like that because that's a grand that's a grand old hustle that I don't know nothing about. Wait till I get you guys on here. But the thing is, is like when when you and, and I was going to ask the question about how do people contact you, but it seems like you're accessible. I'm accessible. The part that I don't understand is when does an artist know or when what 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 is the average amount of when the artist knows that they probably could get more? Like okay. when when do they know? Because that's going to be very, very hard. You can come over here and probably tell me straight up like yo i could sell you this bottle of air real quick and then you know you have your ways like think about this thing about that but they don't know this they don't and 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 then and then to to have an artist that has been accustomed or used to a certain way to try to transition because i know hulk the hulk wasn't with you forever you know this is like nwo type of you know and post uh wrestling life right so I, I, bro, you got to let me know, like, when does an artist know? Like, w- w- when do you know that an artist knows? Well, I'm going to, and with Hulk, it's, it's, it's for appearances. I'm not his manager. I just want to make Understood. that clear. It's, it's that's, that's just for him to go into appearances. He shows up to a venue, he signs autographs, yeah, right? Understood. So, so when so when do I know? I'm going to give you an example of an artist, and I'm not going to mention her name. But there's an artist that a few years ago I was consulting with another uh, friend of mine uh, and this artist has been around for over two, three decades. And when she came to me, she was being managed and is still managed by somebody else. So I came in as a consultant. So I came in as a consultant with my buddy Gary to look at the flaws and fix those flaws. So one of the things that I saw was, how we started this conversation, a website. She didn't have a website. What? So I went in and I created a website for her. She didn't have a logo. I went in and I designed a logo for her. Okay. She didn't have merch. I went in and I designed merch for her. Okay. And so you're talking about an artist that has been around for 20, 30 years that was missing these things. And it was well-developed and and established in the fans' eyes. Yeah, in the fans' eyes, yeah, performs all over, you know, all over uh, the U.S., you know, some gigs in Canada, 
right? In the fans' eyes, that artist is wow. But then in my eyes, when I look at the numbers and I say, okay, when your manager books you, he gets you X. When I book you, you get Y. So there's a gap right here. And when I have to call the manager and say, hey, we have to be consistent. If I'm quoting, let's just say a dollar. Yeah. You can't be quoting 50 cents. Because then people are going to think they're that gonna, I'm a thief. They're going to find it out. They're going to find out regardless. Yo, how much, right? They're yeah, gonna well, they're going to think, they're going to think, well, Ru- why is Ruben charging a dollar when I could go get it for 50 cents? So now you just devalue the artist. Yeah. Right? And then you devalue the artist by not doing the research and helping the artist have proper branding. Mm. Right? Mm. Because, again, that artist, She's selling T-shirts. Her logo looks pretty. Every time I see it, I get to smile and say, hey, I designed it. I did that. Okay. (laughs) Even though I'm not getting the credit for it and, hey, big shout out to Ruben Martinez. But it's still with the goal. It's still with the goal. The goal is, yes. And, and And so the goal is to take an artist and grow. And you want to keep growing because the competition starts getting harsher. And harder because you're competing against other artists who are signed to other labels that may have more money than you. And so this business is about spots. You want to get in a spot and maintain that spot. It's always going to be that younger person that's prettier, that can sing better, et cetera, et cetera. And they're going to punch you and take you out of the, out of the way. You know? So these are things that I analyze. You know, and I look at things and, hey, if I hurt your feelings, that's on your ego. If I sit down with you and I talk to you and let's say you're a hip hop artist, Uh right? And the first thing that I see when you're, when you're doing, when you have, when you send me the link to your music video, if the first thing that I see is you holding a wad of money, then what you're telling me is that you're broke. Because no, if you have that, money, you don't, you don't need to show it. For real. You show it by, by, you, by you walking, getting out of your car, and walking onto your jet plane. Uh, you show it to me when there's a scene in your mansion that you're in your swimming pool in your mansion. Yeah. You show me that you have money like that. You don't show me money because you're holding a wad of... Child of, support. You know, Child support. I know it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so with the hip-hop artists, that's one of the things that I analyze. And I also tell them, look, if I'm going to roll with you, you got to look like a star. You know, I, I manage Greg Nice from Nice and Smooth. Greg Nice is a star. He's a legend. Yep. You know, he's on LL Cool J's Rock the Bells. You know what I mean? He's just, he was just on Thriller yep. with the Big Daddy Kane versus uh, KRS-One. Yep. You know, you know what I mean? Record he did last year, Run the, Run the Jewels, Ooh La La, nominated for a Grammy, on the soundtrack for N, uh, NB, uh, the NBA 2K, 2K uh, Live video game. You know what I mean? This is an icon. So I tell the hip-hop artists of today, when you record music, make sure that your music has substance and also make sure that you're branding yourself in a proper way so that the consumer 
buys the music and stays with you. Mm. There's a lot of one-hit wonders. A lot. You know what I mean? A lot. A lot of them. But there's a difference when you say the name Run DMC. There's a difference when you say Cypress Hills or the Beastie Boys or Jay-Z or Ludacris or Buster Rhymes. You know what I mean? These are the pioneers when it comes to the urban business. And it's the same thing with the Latin side. It's the same thing with the dance side. It's the same thing with the jazz side. Yeah, they, everybody got their names. They exactly. got, everybody got their names. They could consistency. consistency. It's, it's so crazy. You know what? I caught on to something that you just said, which, which is kind of like bugging me out a little bit. But when the, there's this thing, we're going through another transition where you as an exec, I, I can call you that. <laughs> yeah. You can, you as an exec know that the artist has to have substance, but then the radio is is playing something else. Where we're going, we're going into this world now. Where me as a guy that I only listen to the underground now because right. I'm so tired of I, I I call it ignorant radio, which is crazy because I want to get into yeah. it, but at the yeah. same time it's like I, I'll get into it and then I'll I'll try to figure out my way right but yeah. it, it it's getting to that that time where people are listening to the radio and they're like yo i i, I don't even understand these people i don't yeah. you know haven't they been in a while you know what i mean like and it's, it's yeah. not even only hip-hop because some some of our own land guys they don't even know what to talk about no more in their songs and they'd be like potato potato yeah. you know what i mean like it's getting yeah. ridiculous so as an exec how do you how do you know what substance is? And, 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 and I know we're going into that one-hit wonder life, but some yeah. of these guys are actually making four or five hits. Yeah, and yeah. Well, the reality of it is that the music business has, has changed. And so payola has been around since the beginning of time, and it continues to be there today. Listen to me. So, Listen to me. Say that again. <laughs> the payola has been around... From the beginning of time, and it still exists today. Okay. So, and we're going to so take have, notes of this one, guys. I need you to pay yeah. attention. Go ahead. So when you have artist John Doe, and the label is spending $250,000, $300,000 to make sure that that person's record is being played on the radio, right? So that artist has a bigger advantage than the smaller guy that doesn't have that budget, right? Yeah. So back in my day, because I'm going to date myself again, back in my day, we had to grind to to get that shot. In today's world, because everything is digital, you got people doing mixtapes, you got them going on social media, and they're trying to cut the line. And a lot of them do, right? And so... My son listens to Top 40 Radio. I got two boys. One is 11, the other one's five. Okay. So They're about that they whip life right there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so they listen to Top 40 Radio. So I'm going to give you an example where before he was born, I would listen to uh, house music, soulful house, hard house, you know, progressive, blah, blah, blah. Right? So he's in my wife's belly jumping up and down. Okay. Because we're rocking that while we work, right? 
He's born. He's, you know, daddy listens to everything. So I listen to reggae. I listen to soca. I listen to merengue, salsa, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? But mainly, when I'm driving somewhere, I'm listening to that music, right? So he's growing. He's getting older. But when I'm putting the music on, he's frowning because it's not the top 40 stuff that he's listening uh, to yeah. on, on the radio. Yeah. So he's used to yeah. listening to the top 40, right? So I used to play a podcast from the UK called Defective Records. And and Defective Podcast, they had a podcast, they have a podcast called Glitterbox, right? And um, so I'm listening to that podcast. And, you know, there's Soulful House Records on there, you know, et cetera, et cetera, Gospel House, blah, blah, blah. And now there's an artist named Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. She has a song called Don't Start Now. Okay? And the producer, before that song, she had another record. I forgot the name of it. But, you know, that producer used elements from those songs that my son was hearing. Right? Oh, okay. So now... You know, this, this this artist has broken worldwide. She's an excellent artist. But now I get to go back to my son and say, that song that you heard, you already heard it before from another artist because this music was already being played in the car. You just didn't want to give daddy the opportunity. Yeah. But now because a label has taken the artist and has spent millions by now to brand her, you know what I mean? And she's a good-looking girl, and she sings well, you know. Now, now you're paying attention to daddy's music, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so those are the analogies I can give, especially you know with kids, you know, when they're hearing something over and over and over and over, and you're not gonna like it because you know it doesn't have any substance. I'm not gonna like it because I know it doesn't have any chemistry, right? And so, it is what it is. These are the times that that we're living in, you know, yeah. where hopefully it gets better before it gets worse. I don't even know what better yeah. is. I think people are going to start humming. It's going to be crazy. It's so crazy because a lot of artists um, take a lot of this advice and they, they, some of them are not consistent with it. Let's get serious. They, they'll go in there they'll have, they'll be good at one thing and then, They'll they'll missing the other part and all this and all that and next thing you know they either their timing is wrong or mm-hmm. or it's like they didn't invest in themselves you know we the, these people these these artists these wannabe managers I'm gonna call them wannabe managers yeah I gotta yeah. call them that because they don't know yeah. what they're talking about yeah. um they hear a whole bunch of stuff I'm gonna come with some terminology right now. For you as an industry guy, what does it really mean? Okay. Now, manager. What is a manager? Okay. So a manager is a person that works with the recording artist and helps them and guides them. Okay. So a manager can help with listening to the artist's music, giving that person advice on their music. Okay. I like the record, but maybe you want to change this, the lyrics of this verse. Maybe you want to change the hook. Maybe you want to add a bridge over here. That's one aspect of it. The other aspect is the branding. People use that word loosely. Like, like crazy. Time. 
Like crazy. And everything's like, I'm a brand. I'm a brand. I'm a brand. Where's your logo? I don't have one. You're not a brand. Right? There's no if identification Ford, to it. You just... Right. If, if Ford wants to sell a car, right? They're running spots on television. They're running spots on the radio. You buy the newspaper, you'll see it. You'll see the ads there, right? And then now you have social media, which is cherry on the top. So again, the manager works with the artist within their budget because a manager is not a bank, okay? There are some managers that invest in their groups and they do put up money, okay, on recording sessions, on photo shoots, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Somebody that comes to me, I tell them from day one, I'm not your bank. As long as you have the finances and you're willing to spend the money properly, I'm going to make sure that you spend the money on the right people. In other words, if I could get you a photographer that normally makes $2,000 for a photo shoot and I have a good relationship with that photographer and now he's going to give me that photo session for $1,500, I just saved you 500 bucks. And it's a photographer that has a name. That has a repertoire, See, of, you know, and that's another thing, right? That's another thing that I wanted to to to, to, to talk about, but we'll we'll definitely talk about that yeah. right after. Go ahead. Yeah. So, again, the music, the artist visual, not only the artist visual, but how the person talks. Okay. Ah. And I will give you an example. This weekend, I was on the road with Victor Manuel. Yeah. He was Victor down. Manuel, he just passed my state. I'm out, out, out here in VA. I was like, yo, he's in, he's in North Carolina uh, yeah, in, right I now. In, I was in Reading, Pennsylvania, and then I was in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah. I'm going to use Victor Manuel as an example because Victor Manuel is a salsa artist that has turned into a legend. Yes. Okay. I used to and, listen to him as a kid. Okay. Let's get serious. When when you listen to Victor Manuel, right, you know that it's Victor Manuel because almost 99% of his songs, he goes, eh. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen to Elvis Crespo, who does merengue, who had a huge hit with Suavemente, was playing on Top 40 radio. American radio was playing Suavemente. Yeah. Elvis, in 99% of his songs, says, pequeña, yeah. yeah. Right? And so that's branding. Yes. Where people hear the artist and go like, oh, that's Elvis Crespo. That's his new joint. Oh, that's Victor Manuel. And so, again, it's about having everything in, you know, set up in the right place. And that's what a manager does. Big shout out to everybody listening. If you're just tuning in, Ruben Martinez, CEO of Nene Music and Nene Music Network, which is a podcast thing that we're going to get into right here. The thing that I was going to talk about is these names, right? People forget Uh like, yeah, you got a friend that does video. People Mm -hmm. got, you know, you got a friend that does photography. That's cool. But I think to for an artist to understand that there are photographers with names, there are videographers with names, and they might have to invest in those kind of uh, situations, uh, because you know, first of all, your video is going to come out fire. Your 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 your, mm-hmm. your photos are going to come out fire, 
and not only that, you need you need you need naming. You need you need somebody to that has a following because what they're going to do is they're going to make sure their work is at a thousand because mm-hmm. they they have a mission for themselves. And not only mm-hmm. that, it'll help the artists. When you come across, if if you have came across artists that have not invested themselves in that kind of position, um, you know, how do you convince them to 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 not work only with their their friend or their local photographer or their out or their iPhone guy? <laughs> it, it, you know, that's a hard situation because I'm going to give you an example on the reggaeton side. Or on the merengue side or the salsa side. Okay. There's the cousin, the brother, the wife, the girlfriend that went from working at a car dealership to now becoming a manager. Okay. <laughs> and 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 that happens that's, a lot. Yo, not for that, but that's so Hispanic. Let's get yeah. serious, right? I'm sorry. Oh, to- it happens on the hip hop side too. It happens on the dance side too. I'm just, you know? I'm just saying, like what? Yeah. yeah, and and so and so that's the problem where you you know I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but if the if the artist came to me, I say respectfully, I cannot talk to you because you're signed to somebody else, and I don't really want to interfere with what he or she's doing with you. Yeah. It's called tortuous in, in, interference. So if and when you don't work with that person anymore, please feel free to call me. You know? Now, if I could give you like a general advice, then okay, I, I could give you that. But I, what I don't want to do is throw the other person on the bus. Now, what's that, what's that term me? called? What's that term called? Torture? Or it's it's tor- tortuous interference. Torture interference. And, and usually... Right. People go to court when those situations yeah. come up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For example, let's say you're signed to uh, Irving Gazelon, who happens to be one of the biggest managers in the world. I can't come in and start talking to you and telling you, you know, oh, I want to be a manager, this, that, and the other. Because the first thing that's going to come out of your mouth is, hey, Ruben, I already, I'm already working with Irving. If you need anything, call him. You know what I mean? Try to work it out. Now, I could keep on you and on you and I on you. And let's say I persuade you, you know, and you come to me and Irving finds out that Irving could sue me, you know? So again, going to those people that have the brother, the cousin, the uncle, et cetera, et cetera. I always say to them, okay, what is it that you're doing? What is it that you're, what is your plan? Not just for today, but for five years from now, 10 years from now. What is it that, that you have projected? And, and hopefully the artist can answer that. You know what I mean? And I have to make that phone call and, you know, and count on the so-called manager to answer it. You know what I mean? The artist has to take responsibility for themselves as well. You know what I mean? And they have to figure out where they want to be. And there's going to be people that are going to be complacent and they're going to be happy where they are. And there's people that decide they don't want to do it anymore and they want to retire and they were smart and they invested their money properly, you know, and now they're doing real estate, whatever it is. One of the guys from, um, I don't know if it's New Kids or Belvis DeVos, he's, he's in real estate and he's doing real good. And on weekends he goes and performs, you know what I mean? So it just depends 
on the artist and every situation is different. So that b- before we get into the podcast and the network that you got going on, mm-hmm. I did, that is a that is a question, right? To the fans' eyes, this is all they do. Mm-hmm. This is all the artists do. To the yeah. fans' eyes, yeah, they go to interviews. That's all they do. They perform. That's all they do. They got real lives, don't they? Yeah, they yeah. have real lives, and and some of them have not made enough money yet to do this completely for a living. Some people work real estate. Some people work, um, you know, for a beer distributor, whatever it is. You know, when they're doing that job there, they are their own person. But when they are supposed to be an artist, and that's when the makeup comes on, that's where the nice clothing comes on, that's where the jewelry comes on, and they turn into that persona. Because... You know, in, in real life, that's just what it is. So there's there's different people and different situations. And I can tell you for a fact that there's a large minor, uh, majority of people that, that have careers in the music industry, but also have different types of jobs, you know? Wow. wow. So the small ones were the ones that made good money. And then they invested that money. They opened up a restaurant. They opened up a clothing store. You know, they opened up some sort of business in real estate where it's generating income for them, where they all they could go buy and supervise. Yeah, they don't have know. to. They don't have to work. Right, and they don't have to actually be there the whole day. They could see them through the video camera now. Yeah, and if they see something off, they can call. You know. And, and then stop by the place of business and try to fix, you know, whatever problem they have. Big shout out to everybody listening. Ruben Martinez, man, it's such a good talk right here. But now I want to get into this, this Augusto Cho right here. Augustus Cho, uh, one of your podcasters on the Nenet Music Network. So I know that 2020 probably didn't have anything to do with this because somebody like you probably was already innovative and said, yo, we got to do this Don podcast stuff because it's lit. It's crazy. People are going towards the internet now. When did you start your, uh, your network? So this was on my cheat sheet. Okay. I'm sitting behind my, I'm sitting behind my desk and I'm going to show you something. And right here, I have a list of things to do. This is that is a serious list. One side is things to do. This other side has links and people that owe me money. Okay, okay. I need a list like that. So I have it, and this is just the business side of it. I have another list here that is things to do in the house. Okay, Okay? that's ridiculous. I thought I was the only one with a list like that. Yeah, (laughs) things to do in the house. Something that I want to buy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. It sits yeah. on my desk because it's, it's my it's my cheat sheet. So, so yeah, the podcast is something that I wanted to do for a while. Okay. And again, just like the music business, where I saw myself and I said to myself, I cannot be the person in the front. I have a, a business partner that I work with. I have two business partners. One, uh, one is her name is Lasada Perez, and okay. Lasada does the Latin bookings with me. 
And then I have another gentleman named Mitch Faulkner, and Mitch starts the celebrities and the sports entertainers, et cetera, et cetera. And so when I started getting to merchandising, I spoke to them and I said, hey, if you know any artists that want to do merch, let me know. We'll work out a deal. You know, in today's world, they don't have to carry merch on the road. They could have a little postcard with a barcode that they could scan and the fan could buy the merch right off of the phone. Yeah. Right? Wow, nice. So that's one side. The other side was the podcast. Hey, Mitch, do you know anybody that wants to do a podcast? Well, let me let me start calling some some of my people. So call up Willis McGay, the football player. Call up, uh, you know, uh, Bryce Wilson, the pitcher for Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, blah, 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 right? Yeah. And then he turned me on to a guy named Augustus Cho, who is an actor. He was in the movie G.I. Joe, where he played the North Korean leader. Yep. And he's been on other TV shows, um, Eastbound, Down and Out, et cetera, et cetera. And I spoke to him and I said, hey, you know, would you be interested? And he said, yes. So we just, we're, we've been grinding. And as of last week, it's our one year anniversary with his podcast. Nice. And uh, we've, we've had interviews with a lot of major celebrities and athletes. I'm, I'm looking at this wrestlers. list right here. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Terry yeah. Watkins, um, Jackie Gore, uh, freaking Chuck Palumbo, the, the legendary uh, wrestler. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. Jeff Jarrett. What's up with you guys uh, in wrestling? I know it, but it's it's all good. Uh, yeah, well, we, we fit all different types of genres. Savio Vega was in here. The, yeah. the only Puerto Rican wrestler I know about. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we had different genres of music and acting. And we had an actor, Dick, Dick Graham Tulane, that was on there. And then with, with my other partner, Lazara, she was doing this, this weekly um, chat on WhatsApp where she would get okay. together with promoters on WhatsApp and it was like five, ten of them. And I said, you're doing this, why don't we just make it into a podcast? And she's like, are you serious? I said, yeah, let's make it into a podcast. And, you know, they started sending me the files. I started editing it. Nice. And, and that podcast was like one of the top five podcasts in the Dominican Republic. You know? So, you know, this again, these are things where I didn't want to be the one doing an interview. You know, I figured there's other people that can do that. Yeah. And I'm happy sitting behind the scenes and and working with these creative people that are doing wonderful work. This is amazing. Big shout out to everybody listening. If you haven't yet, go ahead, go to your local podcast app right now, the Nana Music Network. Each week, the Nana Music Network brings you some of the biggest names in pop culture, including celebrities, comedians, DJs, international recording artists, and sports entertainment. Listen, that's r- crazy. I just, huh, I don't know. I don't even know how I got Ruben on here. But the thing is, is like, <laughs> I've been doing this alone for a very long time. You know, mm-hmm. alone for a very long time. There's a serious, serious struggle. And one of the things is, Gathering all this information, people got questions all day. Right now, I got South Carolina's own hanging or banging on Twitch. They're asking this question, and we're going back to the industry real quick. The question are, what are some of the reasons why artists get dropped 
and and owe money afterwards. Okay, so some of the reasons it, it could be ver- different variables. Okay, I'm going to give you uh, a situation, a personal situation where um, I used to work with a gentleman named Aaron Brasso. Okay. And Aaron Brasso and I were partners, and Aaron passed away a few years ago. And Aaron introduced me to a guy that lived in his area called Cupid. And Cupid was selling CDs out of the trunk of his car. He had a record called the Cupid Shuffle. You familiar with the record? Yep, yep. So Cupid was doing good because he was grinding, and he came up with a little bit of money, and now he starts working radio in his region. So he's working Louisiana. He's working Georgia. He's working Florida. He's working Mississippi. And he's creating a buzz. So now what happens? Now Cupid is taking taking ads away from the Rihannas, from the Missy Ellis, so on and so forth. So what do the labels do? They find out who he is. They come to Cupid and they offer him a deal. He has a signing with a label. And I'm just going to give you numbers that are off. I'm not going to give you correct numbers, but let's say that out of the trunk of his car, he sold 25000 right? Okay. He signs with a major label. Now he goes and sells another 150000 So now the label got what they wanted. So if they came up with a follow-up single and he didn't sell more than what he had before, then they're going to drop them. And because labels charge you for everything, they're going to charge you for the publicity. They're going to charge you for the radio promotion. They're going to charge you for the tour support. They're going to charge you for the production. At the end of the day, you're going to be left with a tag. So the label is going to come back to you. And if you're an artist they believe in, they're going to work with you. The next time it's the next time you have to re-up your agreement, it might be less money. And you might have to take the less money because they took a shot on you. And now you gotta take a shot on them to try to create that magic all over again. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why artists get signed, they get dropped. Because again, if they're working artist X and that's the top of their food chain, and here comes John Doe. And it's taking a little bit of food off of John X's, you know, you know, table. Then they want to make sure they can control that. Wow. If anybody got any other questions, you already know the deal. Shout out to everybody listening. Thank you so much for that question. Thank you, Ruben, so much for that answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so hang on, Urbana. So you mean they signed him just to set him up to fail? Do you think he still owes that money? The the. And and I think I think maybe I can answer this. Tell me if I'm wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they do sign artists because they believe that the artist will make the record label money, okay? Correct. Correct. They they are investing in you as if you are worth this much because we believe yeah. you're going to make us maybe quads or ten times more. So. Correct. Yes, the intention for the label is to make you fail. A lot of a lot of a lot of artists have said that in some of their songs too 
where the industry is made in a way to to make you fail. Now, again, like Ruben said, if there are artists that they believe maybe that was a flop or maybe we did something wrong with you going on, that thing. Now, I don't know if Hang It or Bang It was here in the beginning, but let me reintroduce Ruben Martinez real quick. He is a um, artist management consultant and stuff like that. And usually he'll fix what the artist is missing when it comes to their branding and when it comes to the whole bunch of stuff to, 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 to make what maybe from what I'm looking at this 10 times what they're really worth um, with the Elvis Crespo uh, um, situation, 10 times what he was worth. Uh, go ahead and, and, and tell me what I'm missing in there. Yeah. Well, I don't want uh, with, uh, with the gentleman that asked the question, it's not that they, they're signing you to fail because no, that's that, that stupid business. If they're signing you to make much more than what you were originally grinding at. You know, if, if you're out there and you're selling, you know, 5,000 units, okay, in today's world where, I want to give you an example. Back in my day when I was DJing, I was buying vinyl records, you know, singles for $4, $5. Vinyl is back. People are selling vinyl for $40, $50, right? So with inflation, look at where it's gone, where I used to pay $4 for, for a single. And when I was DJing, I would buy two copies so that I could mix back and forth from that record, where now, you know, there's people selling vinyl for 40 50 bucks or even more because it's more of a collector's, you know, item, right? So, no, the, the label's not signing you to fail. The label's signing you to win and to control, you know, that the, the, the moral story of, of Cupid was that they wanted to control because he was grinding by himself. Mm. And so, and so now if he signed with label X, now they're able to control and, you know, they're able to now tell him your release is going to come out September 15th. Whereas if he was doing it on his own, he could have picked whatever date he wanted. 